And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal, and we are back in the Beat Laboratory here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for a holiday. Put some bells and whatever in here, Al. Holiday edition of Upon Further, Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And yes, you might be wondering, Eddie, it's Wednesday night. Why is the show here? Usually you, got, you come out on Thursday. It's part of my daily, my weekly programming. Well, it's a holiday. It is Thanksgiving, and believe it or not, we're going to try to enjoy a little holiday time with our friends and family tomorrow. So we're getting ahead, and you guys are the beneficiaries, because we're coming in hot a day early. And we have a fantastic episode of the show, really, really good episode of the show today. We are joined by, drumroll please, Max Crosby, defensive end for your Las Vegas Raiders, dude who's playing out of his mind right now, playing legitimately out of his mind, playing one could argue the best football of his career at the moment, which is tough to do considering it feels like he just gets better and better and better. Uh, But yes, Max is kind enough to join us. We'll play that interview in just a little bit. And not only is it a holiday edition of Upon Further Review, we'll get into what we're grateful for and things of that nature as we carry along. But not only is it a holiday edition, it is a victory edition of Upon Further Review, and it feels so good. It's been a few weeks since we have all collectively enjoyed the sweet nectar of victory, but now here we are as we record this on the afternoon of November 23rd, getting ready for Turkey Day tomorrow, and it feels good. We enjoyed a victory Monday a few days ago. Uh, Players were off Monday and Tuesday. Now, though, full steam ahead to the Seattle Seahawks. The focus has shifted, uh, and now the Raiders, and I want to get ahead of this too, The Raiders have now shifted into, let's win another game, right? I think we've all talked about where we are in the standings, what the reality is of of the AFC West right now, and there will be time to get into that. There will be time to dissect that. I get that. At this point, let's get another W. Got a really big one against a division, uh, division opponent on Sunday in Denver. More on that in a second. But now, start stacking. Don't even look at the records of the people in front of you. Don't even worry about what's going to happen a week from now, a month from now, six weeks from now. Handle business on Sunday, survive in advance, and let's wake up around Christmas time and see uh, see what is what. But before we do, before we dive into that, before we talk about the Broncos, the Seahawks, uh, Thanksgiving, we hear from Max, all that good stuff. We begin as we always do with our transactions, brought to you by Shift Four Payments. Uh, so, but since the last time we spoke, which wasn't that long ago, since we're ahead of you know ahead of things by a day this week. The Silver and Black have made the following moves. On November 19th, they activated cornerback Tyler Hall from the practice squad. More on him in just a second. Two days later, Tyler Hall reverted back to the practice squad. And before we go on to our second transaction of the week, let's just give a round of applause to Mr. Tyler Hall. This is a dude who signed with the Raiders to the practice squad in mid-October. I will admit, 
probably like a, a lot of you folks, I did not pay a ton of attention to his transaction at the time. And that has come back and made me look incredibly foolish because Mr. Hall, uh, really nice afternoon against the Broncos, gets a sack, uh, puts his name on the stat sheet multiple times. Let me look. That was his first career sack. Uh, Mr. Hall, who spent 2020 with the Falcons and 2021 with the Los Angeles Rams, gets his first career sack on Sunday in Denver as a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's just a good lesson, I think, for all of us. Simple words. We hear it all the time. It's a sports cliche. Stay ready, man. Stay ready because you never know when your number is going to get called. If you had asked me going into Sunday afternoon, hey, Eddie, who do you think is going to have, in addition to Max, you get two guys. We'll give you Max Crosby plus one. Max is going to have sacks. Who's going to be the other guy? I promise you, Tyler Hall is not in the top 40 of that conversation. Probably not in the top 50. But it goes to show you every week, there is no better drama in the world than the NFL. There is no better place for good stories, captivating storylines from all walks of life for all these guys than the NFL. And it it just goes to show you, you never know who's going to be a contributor. It could be the guy that signed to the practice squad six weeks ago that you didn't pay much attention to and is now uh, officially, he will go down as an all-time Raider. He is now, uh, has a sack as a Raider, his first of his career, and just a really cool story. So shout out to Tyler Hall, man. Keep doing your thing. And uh, maybe we'll see you on, on Sundays going forward. But uh, the other transaction this week, as we got a little distracted, on November 23rd, uh, this is a big one. This was earlier today. The Raiders designated cornerback Nate Hobbs, remember him, for return from the reserve injured list. And I don't think that we can overstate how big of a move this is for the Raiders, especially at this point of the year, right? We have talked a lot, myself included, a lot of the the people under our our silver and black uh, productions umbrella. We have talked a lot about how the secondary has struggled for large portions of 2022. That's not a secret. I'm not, I'm not spilling state secrets here, right? That is common knowledge. If you watch the games on, on Sunday, you have seen that with your own two eyes. You know what helps that in a huge way is when your best, and I said it, no stutter there, your best defensive back returns to work. Now, it remains to be seen when Mr. Hobbs will officially return to a game day when we see him in that fantastic uh, uniform and that silver and black helmet. TBD on that. But the fact that he has now been designated for a return, the fact that we are now seeing on a league level, right, on the league transaction notice, the league personnel notice, that we are seeing tangible steps for him getting back to work is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, Any team that Nate Hobbs is on is a better team. Any defense where Nate Hobbs is roaming around doing his thing, being disruptive, being multiple in what he can do, is a better defense. And I cannot wait to see him out here, hopefully sooner than later, doing just that. We heard from him last week in the locker room, and he said, yo, I'm I, at this point, it's, just, it's a medical thing. I got to wait for the, the medical people to tell me, to tell coach that it's time to go. And obviously, that is 100% the right way to attack this uh, because, you know, we heard from Coach McDaniels, too. Like, if if Nate Hobbs had his way, he would have been out there, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, And it is the job. It's this beautiful balance, right, of the medical people having to protect the players from themselves. And I mean that in the best possible way. These guys are different, right? These guys are literally built different. I know it's a cliche. Sorry. But, like, if they had their way, they would be out there without, you know, not at 100%. And I think 
let's be honest, there's no one in the NFL who's playing at 100% right now. But you have to be able to go out there and do your thing, but you also have to be able to go out there and most importantly, protect yourself. So, I like I said, I am excited to see when Nate Hobbs returns to the field. Uh, we saw him in a return, like as I said, a designated for a return earlier today. Uh, his status for Sunday remains TBD, but something to keep an eye on as we uh, as we progress here through the holiday seasons, as we're officially in the holiday season now. Uh, but yes, going into our first headline before we break uh, break it all down with our pal Max Crosby, the Raiders are back in the win column, and as I said, it feels so good. Needed one after falling uh, after losing three games in a row, and, and I think that if you were if you're the Raiders, right, things haven't been going your way the past month or so. You get to Denver, tough place to play. Uh, I know the Broncos have not had the kind of season that they anticipated either, but all the same, division game on the road. Uh, not excuse me, not Arrowhead. Mile High is a really tough place to play for the environment, for the elevation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ninety minutes before the game. And all of a sudden, you see the inactive list come out, and your left tackle, Colt Miller, the guy who has been the anchor of your offensive line, really since the moment he got to Oakland, is out. And you're thinking, oh boy, here we go again. Best, best lineman is out. Things aren't going our way. Woe is me. Wah, wah, wah. The Raiders did not do that. They did not do that. And I think I want to give a special shout-out to both Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Mumford, uh, Jermaine Illuminor goes wire to wire at left tackle. Thayer Munford steps in and goes wire to wire at right tackle. And it wasn't perfect. I don't think there's anyone out there who would tell you it was perfect. But those dudes stepped up in the absence of Colton Miller. They did what they needed to do. And they handled business. I'm looking at the lines right now. Uh, the Raiders ran for over 100 yards. Josh Jacobs, in a bit of a, stat- a statistical oddity, the only Raider to record a carry against the Broncos. Handles all 24 of them. Raiders ran the ball 24 times. Josh ran the ball every single time. Finishes with 109 total yards. uh, Just about four and a half yards a carry. And Josh doesn't have that kind of day unless the big boys up front are doing what they need to do. Doesn't happen. The running game in particular, I think, is such a... We talked about kind of that symbiotic relationship. You need to have so many things going right for that to be effective. Yes, you need to have a running back who is fully in the matrix right now like Josh Jacobs is. Step one. But you also got to get blocks from the big boys. You also have to have them clearing lanes, leaning on a defense for 15, 30, 45, 60 minutes. And that is what we saw from the Raiders offense uh, on Sunday afternoon in Denver. And final score for the Raiders, 22-16 as they notched their third win of the season over the Denver Broncos. And for me... I think Sunday's win was perhaps the most satisfying win. Uh, Raiders handled business in overtime, a very stress-free overtime, as we were talking about in the studio. Three plays. That's all it took. Three offensive plays to handle business in OT uh, and for Derek to find Devontae Adams and to send everyone home happy. But I think for me, I said it was perhaps the most satisfying win of 2022, and I say that for this reason. Complete game. And we haven't seen that a lot from the 2022 Raiders. Even in the victories, right? You've seen it, you know, kind of, oh, offense is going to carry the defense, defense is going to carry the offense, vice versa. Complete game on Sunday for the Raiders. We talked about Josh Jacobs dominating in the running game. We look at Derek Carr's final line. He goes 23 of 37 for 307 and two tutties. 
no picks. Devontae Adams, seven catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime. You look at offense, right? And, and we'll get to the defensive side of the ball in a second, too. But going into that game, you need to have, in a game like that, when things aren't going your way, when, when you're trying to get out of a slump, you need to have your biggest, baddest dogs show up. And that's what happened for the Raiders. Derek Carr, huge game. Josh Jacobs, huge game. Devontae Adams, huge game. Defensively, Max Crosby, out of his mind, huge game. Special teams, my bread and butter, Daniel Carlson, career-long 57-yarder. Also, and real quick on the cash money, man, uh, he is not going to make, he, he finally missed a field goal for the first time in literally about 18 months. And so the NFL record for consecutive field goals remains intact. It broke my heart to see. But all the same, man, round of applause for, for Carlson. Round of applause for that entire special team's battery, for, for getting him to that place. An incredible feat. The dude is playing out of his mind. I think the most impressive thing to me, misses that field goal uh, to, to essentially snap the streak. You know what he does then? They roll, roll him out for a 57-yarder. And that sucker was good from what, Al? 61, 62? Yeah, it was good from distance. And I know he's kicking at elevation, but all the same. I mean, he made, there are not a lot of people in the NFL that can make a 57-yard field goal look routine. Daniel Carlson is one of them. The other guy in the AFC, Justin Tucker, is probably the only other guy in that list who can make a 57-yard field goal make it eh, like nothing. Special teams chipped in. They did their thing. A.J. Cole, another fantastic day. Uh, A.J. Cole, in my humble opinion, on his way to another Pro Bowl year in Las Vegas, uh, playing out of his mind, flipping the field, making, a, making things difficult for a Denver defense that has not really had a lot of sustained success in 2022. A- career long for Carlson. Career long, says Al. But I mean, all this, like, every single position group... Every single, all three sides of the ball chipped in and did their thing. A.J. Cole, end of the game, goes out for the coin toss. Proper call. And I know that, I know, like, listen, A.J. will be the first to tell you that that's complete luck, right? I mean, you literally only have one of two options. But he picked the right one. And the state of that game, the way that overtime goes, changes completely if the Raiders don't win that coin toss. Completely. Because at that point, you don't control your own destiny. You can ask Russell Wilson and the guys on the Denver sideline. Yeah, you trust in your defense. And to be fair, the Broncos' defense, I think, did enough to win that game. But if, if you lose the coin toss, you no longer have the option to control what you can control. There's an element of luck, certainly, but it's taken away from you. That control is taken away. And Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and that Raiders offense did exactly what they needed to do. They didn't give Russell Wilson a chance to put the ball in his hands. Didn't even get a shot. Sat on the sideline, wore the puffy coat, had to go home. And I know that everyone feels some type of way about the NFL overtime rules, myself included, but you won't find a bigger fan of the rules than me on, on Sunday. I promise you that. I promise you that. Because it was exactly what the Raiders need, needed at the right time of the year. And now we look ahead to a Seahawks team that is a really, really good football team. And I think it's fair to say is from 1 to 53, I think a little bit better than, better than the Denver Broncos. They're a good football team. Geno Smith is out there doing his thing to the surprise of pretty much everyone in the NFL, myself included, and that's no shot at Geno. I'm a big, big Geno guy. 
I appreciate what the man has done throughout his entire career, but I'd be lying to you if I thought that he was going to be playing like this. Those of you guys that listen to the uh, the program on the regular know that that my wife, my in-laws are from Seattle. Big Hawks fan. Tough week in the old Pascal household for me, I'll tell you what. But even asking them, like me and my brother-in-law, very tight, great guy. Shout out to Jeff one time. But even, uh, you know, as I text him almost every Sunday, every game day, like he didn't think that Gino was going to do this. And he's in there, brother. Brother, he's living, he's in the belly of the beast in greater Seattle. And he tells me all the time, he's like, dude, none of me, like me, none of my friends, like all, all my Seahawks group chats, no one thought that this was going to happen. I got to pull it up, but he sent me a text. I think it was right around the draft, maybe a little after, maybe like early summer. And he just goes, he goes, look, I'm at peace with the rebuild. I'm at peace with it. And I texted him back and I will find it. I said, dude, don't sleep on Pete and those boys yet. Don't sleep. I know that you're ready for, for the rebuild, but don't sleep on it yet. And Pete Carroll has made me, uh, made me look like a genius so far. But the point is this. Seahawks are a good football team. Going to be one heck of a test for this Las Vegas Raiders football team as they fly up, uh, you know, off, uh, coming off the holiday and try to, try to stack, uh, you know, try to go back-to-back wins for the first time in 2022. Uh, but more on that in, in just a little bit. But as I said at the top, man, a guy who is playing out of his mind right now, a guy who is going to, we assume, factor pretty majorly into Sunday's action in Seattle, in the Emerald City, is our close personal friend and friend of the program, Max Crosby. Max balling right now. Whew. He is playing out of his mind. He said, you saw what I did last year? You like that? Here, have a little bit more. Make it a little bit better. Make it a little flashier. Make it a little more consistent. Make it a little nastier in the run game. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, but number 98 was so good to us, man. Like I said, he's one of our favorite people. Uh, I was joking with Max. I was walking up with him. Uh, our, our socials are Matt Walks, or gosh, to say our former socials are Matt Walks, sent me a video uh, before he left, and it was me and Matt. It was one of Max's first interviews when we signed him, and it was at training camp. And to see the, what he looked like then as opposed to now, and, and me too. You know, I think my haircut's gotten a little bit better. I think I, I, think I dress a little bit better than I did in uh, whatever that was, 2019. But man, I mean, he is a dude who has completely transformed his body. He has completely transformed, uh, literally, as we, you know, we all know Max's his journey and his story, everything about himself. Uh, he will always be one of our favorites. He is always going to be a dude that we pull for. And I have a feeling that he's a dude that all you guys pull for as well. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with the Condor himself, Max Crosby. Oh, and it's always a good day when our guy 98 is in the house, Max Crosby and Max. The important stuff first, baby's good, fiance's good, life is good for number 98 off the field. Yes, it's great. Good. Um, baby's healthy, um, fiance's happy, got family coming to town, you know, for Thanksgiving, so thankful for a lot of things. Good, good, good. Uh, I was thinking back to Sunday, and I was trying to think, I was racking my brain to see if you'd ever had more impactful back-to-back plays, because we go force fumble and then block field goal literally back-to-back. Like, have you had a back-to-back stri- I know you've had some crazy days at the office, but I was just trying to think of in that quick rapid fire. No, I don't. Like, that was the first time in my life I've, like, got my – like, as a defender, like, you don't get to touch the football often. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But being able to affect the ball, like, force a fumble, then get a hand on a field goal back-to-back, I don't, I've never done that. But it was it was really cool. You know, there's a lot of – 
a lot of different, you know, games I could think of that were impactful, but like just I feel like the moments, you know, and when we needed it, like that was some mm-hmm. of like the biggest, um, you know, timely plays I've had. And it's like just in terms of like filling up the statute, like too, we talk about the multiple sacks, just being active, being around the ball, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the big plays with the fumble, the forced fumble, the block field goal, like. It almost feels like, and I know that you're you're not a Warriors guy, but you know like when Clay Thompson or Steph Curry are just like lock in <laughs> yeah. and they just like black out and you know like whatever they touch is going to turn to gold. Like it felt like similar to that on Sunday for you a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, every time I go on the field, like my preparation leading up to the game, like I make sure I don't leave any stone unturned. So when it comes to my pass rush moves, when it comes to the little details in the run game, running to the ball, like – all the smallest details during the week and doing the extra conditioning and doing my grip work, like every little thing is giving me the best chance I possibly have going into a game. So like my confidence level going into any game is it's at an all time high right now because it's been, you know, two years straight of my routine that I've been doing and it just gets stronger and stronger. So, yeah, once once you get into the game, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And I know like I'm going to get attention. So. You know, early on, especially like the Denver game, like they were throwing the house at me, run and pass game. And, um, you know, the main thing for me is just not getting discouraged. You know, you never know when that play is going to come to you. Um, You never know when it's, you know, your time, but you just have to keep trusting your work. And, uh, you know, right at the end of the second half, like, boom, I got the forced fumble and I got the field goal. Then going into halftime, I'm like, yeah, I I was telling everyone, I'm like, I'm about to have the best, best half of my career. Like, I, 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 you could ask Duran all that. I'm like, I'm about to go off. And I told DP, I was telling him, <laughs> I'm about to go off. And I, I think it was the first series. I got a sack, and then and I'm getting another one. So, yeah, it's just, you know, the confidence, you know, comes from the preparation. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Kobe guy, so I watch his videos all the time and just listen to the mentality um, of the things he talks about. And my dad, you know, it's crazy because he sent me a Kobe video like right before the game too, and it was something similar. You know, just talking about you know motivational type stuff. But yeah, that's how I just try to look at it. Like I know I'm when you you keep doing it every single day, like preparation wise, when you do it all year round. Like I already know, but I'm literally thinking, all year round. In like, your case. Yeah, like it's not, <clears throat> I don't just show up, you know, in OTAs. Like I'm, it's a year round for me, so I'm taking strides. And, you know, I just look at it like this. Kobe said it like everyone's, you know, kind of doing it at their pace. But when you go and do the extra every single day, you're just slowly separating yourself from everybody else. And that's kind of how I look at it. Is it hard? You know, you talk about like in that Denver game, like you have that realization, like in the moment, like, yo, they're throwing everything at me. Mm -hmm. And just as like as a human being, like when you're (laughs) seeing all that, when you're not maybe having the type of success early on that that you want or expect to have going into a game, like, is it hard to kind of stay present in that and be like, like, yo, like, let's take a second. Let's realize what this team is trying to do to eliminate me and then make adjustments. Like, is it is it hard to kind of stay in that, like, positive next step? This is how we're going to go, do it, like, do it mindset? Definitely. You know, I feel like early, early in my career, like, that was something I really battled with because, you know, like, you'll have some games, especially, you know, like, as a young guy, like, for instance, like Cincinnati game, I had like four sacks as a rookie. And then mm-hmm. the next couple of games, I didn't have any sacks. And then I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, like it turns into panic mode. And then you're yeah. trying to overplay, you know, trying to do too much. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the opposite of what you have to do. Like you just have to trust your work, trust your preparation, trust your technique. And, um, you know, it's like you said, like the Denver, like you're, I'm playing Denver and like, you know, the first 15 plays are scripted. So they're going to try to do everything they can to try to mess with me. And I know that, like every team's going to do that. So for me, it's like, okay, 
I know I got to come out hot and come out ready to go because no matter what, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter if I make a play or not. Like if they throw two tight ends at me, like I'm going to make sure I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure they don't block me. You know what I mean? Just to find a way. So as the game goes on, you know, they can only bring that much attention for a certain amount of time. But after a while, like you have to start passing the ball. You have to start doing things. You're like, okay, we can't just play the whole game trying to stop one guy you know coaches are you know they trust their guys and Mm -hmm. for me it's like okay good I know I'm not going to get a ton of one-on-ones but at the end of the day it doesn't matter like if I just do what I do I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just fine and you take advantage of if it's three four however many one-on-ones it is it's like all right here's the let's go eat exactly and you you got to capitalize and you don't know when that's going to be but you got to if you're not playing, you know, one play at a time, you're going to be overthinking and mess up your one or two reps with one on one. So, yeah, just trusting it. You know, obviously the first, you know, we're a little little past the halfway point now. First half of the season doesn't go the way that I think a lot of us thought it was gonna. But mm-hmm. what's the? I mean, how big was Sunday's win just for the collective morale? Uh, I know that that coach talked about getting a win going into a holiday week. I know that this schedule this week is kind of funky because of Thanksgiving. But like, mm-hmm. what was the importance of just getting a good dub against a division team? Yeah, you know, it's it's huge, and especially after the way we've lost the last few games, like such close, tough, you know, games. And you look back, and it's you know, it's the same thing. It's like how I talk about a play by play mindset. It's the same way. Like we could have went, you know, after we lost to the Colts, it was another close loss. Like you could either fall into the you know trap and let it keep you know being a ripple effect, or you just got to say, okay, you know, it is what it is, but. We're gonna fix it. You have to truly believe deep down that you can win games, and that, and that's that's a big part of it. And Duran talked about it early in the week. Like he pointed out on film, like he's like, "This is why we're losing." Like, watch our sideline, or watch when Max makes a play here. Like, watch everybody around, or watch Denzel. Denzel got a TFL, and guys were not celebrating with each other. And I take I took a lot of like I didn't take offense to it, but like in a good way. Like I I take it very personal. Like sure. my energy all the time. Like I'm trying to get everyone going, but like. I need to be there hyping my guys up and be, you know, and when you see it on film, you're like, okay, like this is something that's super important. And it's just a little detail in football, like not forgetting to have fun. Like this is, this is a game at the end of the day. And like I try to push that on my guys. And I know Duran does and Denzel, like you really have to go out there and have fun. Like if you're not having fun and you're not playing for each other, uh, you're already, you know, 10 steps behind. Dude, so when you bring that up because, you know, you, you talk about having that, that moment of realization going to watch film. And obviously the eye in the sky don't lie around mm-hmm. anything. But like whenever I think of you, and this isn't me just like blowing smoke, but like yeah. I always think that like there's no one out there that's having more fun <laughs> than you. But then I think it's interesting now to be on their side of it and to see you be like, yo, I need to have kind of more fun. Like, it's just, it's so unique because it goes to show, like, you know, the, the angle that we have up there in that beautiful press box yeah. isn't necessarily the, the most accurate, you know. Uh, you know, obviously, we're not in on the sideline in that kind of mix with you guys. It's just an interesting way to kind of look at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's, like, you know, for me, and that, that's something I always, like, take pride in, like, being, like, like you said, like, got, look like the, the, the guy that's having the most fun on the field. Like, I truly am. Like, it's not... Like, I feel like you can realize, like, if something's not authentic. 100%. And, like, if, you know, one, a guy makes a play and a couple guys, yeah, slap him on the helmet, and then we just kind of walk back. It's like, you know it's not real. Like, you got to really have 11 guys on defense playing for each other. And that passion, like, you could watch the Denver film and be like, yeah, these guys are having fun and flying around and playing for each other and communicating on the field. Like, it's the smallest of details. So... Like you said, like me, I take pride in that. Like I love playing the game. There's nothing more like 
there's nothing more <laughs> like exhilarating the, the the thrill of going out there making plays and doing it for your boys and like being out there it's like there's no better feeling having the crowd like I really I try to like I look at myself as like an entertainer in a way like I want the the fans to like enjoy when I play I always want to be like that player that you watch and be like as the kids point to be like damn I want to be like him like that's that's how I always look at it so if I can inspire my teammates to do that and just have fun like I, you could even ask the coaches and stuff they, they looked at me crazy when I when they first got here because I was just like I was like God, you stop being so uptight like let's have fun like because I'm always like they think yeah. I'm like joking around but like I take my job more serious than anybody but I'm always smiling and dancing and having fun and doing my thing because like I need that because I care about like I take my job more serious than ever but if I'm always serious all the time I'm gonna drive myself nuts it's like so when I'm on the field, like I'm truly having so much fun. And I think there's also like an appreciation and like just being in the moment, especially for like dudes like you. Like no NFL player is gonna have a 30 year career playing no. defensive end at an All Pro level. You know oh, what no. I mean? And so, like the fact, like the like the fact that you get those Sundays, those Thursday nights, those yeah. Monday nights, like you have to enjoy them. You have to, and you got like like I said, I, I, this is year round for me, so. I have 17 games guaranteed. Like I'm not gonna take a play for granted, and that's kind of just how I look at it. Yeah, so I think it is the it's the best way to look at it. Right, best it's the only the, the only way to look at it. Uh, going ahead to this weekend, uh, off to Seattle, tough place to play. Remind me, have you played in Seattle before? Never. This is the never, first time. Never been there. I've never even been to the city. So great city. I'm fired up. I great can't city. wait. Really yeah. good city. I know you guys won't get the toast of the town and everything, yeah. but uh, I mean, it is. It's gonna be fun for you, I think, because it is such a loud environment. Yes. Such a you know, and it, it's a fun fact. The only place I've ever gotten heckled on the sidelines Seattle me there you go. I not even that. Max Crosby <laughs> me walking that. around in a suit trying mind to try, exactly, mind my own business Damn. I know uh, before we I get you that. before we get you out of here though uh, the really really important stuff Thanksgiving is tomorrow right yes. how do we attack the Thanksgiving plate what is on there for <laughs> Max what is off there for Max what are the non-negotiables like hit me hit me with the, the deep analysis yeah um, before I get to that you know I'm I, you know how crazy I'm about my meal. I know, prep, I, and that's so. what I was. Getting, that was the first part of it. So, <laughs> yeah. do, you even, do you even get to enjoy the meal, or is it more just the fam- the friends, family, the gratitude part of it? Yeah. So, I always, you know, I've talked about this before, but like my cheat meal is Sunday, mm-hmm. always after the game. So my mom is coming. She's gonna be cooking. Rachel's gonna be cooking. My sister's gonna be helping out. So I'm gonna have like an authentic like Crosby. Thanksgiving once I get back from Seattle. Okay. But I talked to the our nutrition, you know, my yep. the nutritionists, yep, yep. the chefs and everything and they're like, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so do you want like is is there, you know, is there something we can do like to, you know, fit into your meal prep? Like would you like that to have something like Thanksgiving wise, obviously more healthy. Sure. It's got to be on par with my, you know, you know, protein, fat, all that stuff. And I'm like, listen, if y'all can make that happen tomorrow, I'm 100% with it because <laughs> I need stuffing, I need mac and cheese, I need turkey, I need the whole nine, cornbread, corn casserole, everything, everything, cream corn. It's all good. Anything. All honestly. the good stuff. All the good stuff. And it gives Thanksgiving you some, is the best. It is. It's the best holiday, it's the best. In, my, in my opinion. Yeah. It also gives you something to look forward to now when we get back from Seattle. 100%. Love it. Best of luck in Seattle, my friend. It's yes. so good to see you. Every time I see you, it just brings a smile to my heart. <laughs> and like I said, man, he's one of our favorites, one of the best in the business on and off the field. Nothing but love and respect for our guy, Max Crosby. Uh, and we talked about the tall test that Max, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and the rest of the Raiders are going to have this Sunday uh, flying up there to beautiful, beautiful Washington. Uh, and so we do this every week. 
I ask a simple question and then I answer it. I say the Raiders will win if. And for me this week, my Raiders will win if is, I don't want to say like an overly simple one, uh, because I think this is going to be an incredibly interesting game. We were looking at the weather report before we started rolling here. We're looking at low 40s. We're looking at rain. We're essentially looking at a late November in Seattle, right? I think this is going to be a game where the Raiders need to control the line of scrimmage, where I think Josh Jacobs is going to be exhausted when he gets on that plane on Sunday night to fly back to Vegas. Uh, But really for me, what this comes down to is can the Raiders get off the field on third down? The Broncos are, excuse me, not the Broncos, the Seahawks, uh, number 11 in total offense. They're a good offense. And as I said earlier, I think an offense that has surprised a ton of people across the league, myself included, right? They are a good group on offense. They're a really good group on defense. They're just a good football team. But I think one thing when I was going through the numbers that really stood out to me is that they are so good on third down. On third down offense, they are super impressive. They are, give me one second, because I lost my place in this week's fantastic release we get, we get from our public relations team. They are converting on just over 43% of their third downs. That is good for eighth in the NFL. Conversely, the Raiders rank 24 on offense in that same metric. And we have all discussed, and we have talked about it ad nauseum, some of the Raiders' struggles on third down, both offensively and defensively. So to me, this is why my thing. Can the Raiders get Geno and the boys off of the field? Because it feels like to me, coming off of, of Sunday's win, and really coming off the past couple weeks, it feels like the Raiders' offense is starting to find its rhythm, starting to find its groove. So the more at-bats that you can give Derek and Devontae and Josh and all those dudes, Mac Hollins, give them their chances. Give them their A-Bs. But they're not going to get those A-Bs unless the defense can hold up its end, of the, its end of the bargain and they can get Geno and the boys off the field. Third down is where my eyes are going to be focused, specifically when the Raiders are on defense this Sunday. So if the Raiders can be effective on third down, and I don't think there's anyone out there who's asking them to, uh, to pitch a shutout. We're looking at points per game. The Broncos are, oh my, I don't know, I've done this twice in the a, in a span of two minutes. The Seahawks, you know what I think it is? I think it's because Russell, we played Russell Wilson last week, and Russ used to be on the Seahawks. So I think I'm just having like a weird, uh, it's all kind of flowing together for me right now. Regardless, the Seahawks, led by Geno Smith and Pete Carroll, Score 25.7 points a game. Good for fifth in the NFL. So they put up points, right? Like I said, I don't think anyone's asking the Raiders to pitch a shutout by any stretch of the imagination. I think we're asking for bend, don't break, and dig your heels in on third down. And you know who loves third down? The guy we talked to just a little bit, little, excuse me, a little bit ago, Max Crosby. Raiders win third down defensively, can hold the ball, can keep possession, can get Josh rolling, no turnovers up there, because it's a tough place to play. Whatever, whatever stadium they're calling it now, it was, what was it, it was Lumen Field or T-Mobile, whatever random uh, name that they're giving it these days. It'll always be CenturyLink to me. That's a tough place to play. Really tough place to play. So if the Raiders can kind of stay in their, in, in their zone, protect the football, win third down, I like their chances. 
I really, really do. And hopefully all of us are talking next week and uh, on a little reading streak for the Silver and Black. I would love nothing more. Uh, but before we get out of here uh, and we hit the dusty trail and hopefully all of you guys enjoy a little Thanksgiving, uh, you know what we got to do. We got to crack an ice cold bruchacho. And this one, this week I'm excited. This week we're cracking an ice cold brewski for friend of the program, Eric Allen. EA, the GOAT, the legend, all that good stuff. Uh, earlier this week, EA was named one of the 28 modern era semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well deserved to our guy. This is the third time that, that he has made it this far in the process. Uh, and also, kind of cool, the semifinalist announcement came out yesterday on Tuesday, which happened to be EA's birthday. So, Pretty nice little birthday gift for him. Uh, so what what happens kind of next in this process? I'm glad you asked because I also was curious how this works. Uh, so the next step is that the 28, uh, excuse me, the 28 modern era semifinalists, which is really hard to say over and over again, that list gets trimmed to 15. And those are the 15 guys that get voted on in the room, uh, you know, during the Super Bowl week when they have all the secretive meetings and people standing on the table and making their cases, right? So the next step, 28 to 15, EA has, not, has never made it to the 15 finalists, but I have a feeling this is the year. Let's get EA into the Hall of Fame, one of the most dominant DBs of his era, and I know it doesn't mean anything, but also one of the best dudes you will ever come across. I mean that so sincerely. Uh, EA is just such a, just a stud for everything that we do here at Silver and Black Productions. Uh, he is someone that I think all of us collectively learn so much from, uh, and he does it the right way. A pro's pro, I imagine, just like he was uh, when he was playing DB all those years ago. But this one's for you, EA. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Let's do the right thing, and, uh, and we can all celebrate. Uh, hopefully, what is that, early February, I believe, when the, when the Super Bowl comes to town. Not here, but it comes to uh, rolls to town in the other desert uh, in Phoenix. So congratulations, EA, man. Enjoy the holiday, uh, and enjoy, uh, hopefully, the next step in, in your Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame journey there. So I hope all of you guys enjoy your journeys, your holiday journeys. I hope wherever you may go, that you go safely, uh, that you enjoy time with friends, with family, that you get to eat all the good stuff, that you watch a little football, that you uh, you really just lock in for the important stuff, right? And I think that the past couple of years have really, uh, really kind of keyed in on that for all of us, that, hey, you know what? Life gets crazy, life gets hectic, but you know we have to take take these moments, you know, really focus in on the important things, especially during the holidays, uh, and make sure that you eat all eat all the good stuff and have an extra slice of pie for me. I hope you throw us on, maybe not during the meal. I don't think there's any need for that. But when you guys are, are cooking, preparing, having some brewskis, celebrating life, just uh, just put us on there. You know, raise us up on the uh, on the old surround sound or wherever you listen, and uh, and take us with you for the afternoon. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys. Uh, like I said, happiness, health, all that good stuff is our wish from from us to all of you. So for Eddie Powell, oh, up oh, last one, last programming note. Business as usual this Sunday, fifth quarter. Uh, our guy Jason Fitz is zooming in from the interwebs. He will be joining us remotely from his compound in Connecticut to break it all down from everything that we see from the Raiders uh, matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. So as I said, safety, health. All the good stuff, and we will see you guys next week. So, Freddie Pascal, our guest this week, Max Crosby, Ray and Al, who have been doing a dynamite job throughout the season, uh, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And as I said, enjoy the holiday, and we'll see you guys next week on our usual Thursday for our next episode of Upon Further Review. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app True Connect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of True Connect exclusively for Raider Nation.